Welcome to the Brain Coffee Podcast, where doctors Eric Luthard and Albert Kim unlock life's little mysteries about health, wellness, entertainment, technology, and how the brain makes sense of it all. Sit back, relax, and open up your mind. It's a real pleasure to have today with us at our little coffee sessions uh, (laughs) a real thought leader in in brain development, Azad Bani, Dr. Azad Bani, who is chair of neuroscience. Uh, as an aside, I also, in some way, I'm a sort of developmental child of <laughs> right. Dr. You've developed, Bani. you've developed under him. Yeah, yeah, because I was I was a postdoctoral fellow in his lab uh, maybe ten years or more ago mm-hmm. now, and uh, that was a great time. So it's great to have you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, well, thanks for coming. Um, so maybe, you know, really just to kind of frame it, yeah. uh, we should really talk, you know, what is developmental neurobiology? How do you, how, how does, you know, when, you know, when you hear those terms, you know, what does that mean to somebody kind of like at, sure. at, 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 a, at a coffee table? Well, I think that, um, I think it's probably good to start with the idea that most people would agree that the brain is the most complex organ in the body. Uh, it's probably more, uh, you know, capable than any computer, and uh, there's great complexity in it in terms mm-hmm. of the types of mm-hmm. uh, cells and and so on. Uh, but you know, it really all starts from a few cells in in the human embryo, and how you go from those few cells to a very complex machine. It's really kind of staggering when you think about it. Like you know, a few Absolutely. cells divide, and then that becomes this massively complex right. organ that uh, can do all the things that we do. Right. Yeah. So I think something probably in terms of numbers you could uh, think about is, uh, you know, as you know, the human brain contains mm-hmm. about a hundred billion neurons and mm-hmm. uh, trillions and trillions of connections between these neurons. And these are not all, these are not random at all, but actually quite specific. Mm-hmm. So it is a huge problem in terms of trying to understand how this machine, how it's hardwired. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. really what brain development is about, Mm -hmm. is to understand how how the brain is hardwired. And of course, layered on top of that, we want to understand how how it works uh, and and how- I guess how it doesn't work. And how it doesn't work. And and we think from those of us who've been really focused on brain development think that uh, we can really bring a lot to the table in terms of understanding how the brain works, how it functions, as mm-hmm. well as how it doesn't work and, mm-hmm. and diseases mm-hmm. by understanding how it's put together. Mm-hmm. I see. What are some of the, I guess, uh, you know, because I actually reference this like when we think about like our kids and we, we just, you know, I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old and you see kind of their development, right? You see yes. how like on, on a nearly weekly basis, how they start accumulating new information, they start um, and again, it's a, it's a miracle to behold in our everyday lives. Yeah, right. for sure. I guess what, you know, from a development standpoint, what, what are some of the fundamental things that I guess um, or principles of how the, some of this hardwiring? Maybe, maybe some steps. Yeah, like maybe what, the cell, yeah. the the major cells. Sure. Yeah, yeah, something like that. That'd be great. So I think that you know it's probably worthwhile to. This happens in every part of the brain, but we can start. We can talk about. Uh, the cerebral cortex, which is, you know, this region that obviously is the most evolved in, mm-hmm. in the human brain. Uh, so how, how, do you get, how do you get to that? What are some of the key steps? Uh, so a lot happens already uh, in, the, in the embryo, in the fetus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all, you have cells that are generated mm-hmm. in a particular region. 
uh, during development. And from there, uh, the cells have to migrate, have to move actually to their proper places mm -hmm. where they're going to mm -hmm. uh, reside. Uh, and there they, they mature. And what that means is they forms axons and dendrites. These are the limbs of the neurons. The, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the axons allow the neurons to, by and large, uh, to transmit information uh, from the, the center of the neuron toward other neurons, mm -hmm. to, toward other nerve cells. Mm -hmm. And then dendrites uh, are the receiving limbs mm -hmm. of, of uh, neurons. I remember that phrase you used in one of your reviews. <laughs> I used to study dendrites as well. Right, it's kind of like the, yeah, I kind of think so, of it in, in simple and they terms. Receive, they receive. It's like the pitcher and the catcher. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that's, no, that's you know, a great way to put it. You know, like that basically you got the neuron, you know, and yeah. then you got is maybe the team, and you got the pitcher, which yeah. is the axon, and the catcher, which is the dendrite. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, and, and the, the ball is the information. Yeah, that's a really good way of thinking yeah. about yeah. it. So once, so those are formed. And then, of course, they have to make the synaptic connections. They have mm -hmm. to actually make the connections between mm -hmm. neurons with each other. Mm -hmm. And those are synapses. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but then a lot of other things happen, too. Uh, so, for example, the, the axons uh, have to become insulated with myelin. Mm -hmm. And that happens following uh, all of these steps, uh, generally speaking. And then, uh, interestingly, uh, a lot of there are an excess of nerve cells. I, I just said that there are 100 billion neurons, but probably twice that number are generated mm -hmm. during development. Because I think this is a really interesting concept that I think a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. Is that uh, people think that more brain cells are better, yeah. you know, and that more is always better. But as right. it turns out that, and in fact, I think you're getting at this notion of pruning. Right, exactly. that basically you've got all these neurons, and then you sculpt it down to something that's highly functional. Yeah. So you got this big messy right. blob, and then you kind of bring it down. Absolutely, to something. I, I, and that's obviously I, I, you know, first of all, you have excess number of neurons, so those have to be eliminated, the ones that are in excess. But there are also excess number of synapses too, hmm. and those have to be pruned. And some of the pruning is of the axons, uh, and absolutely that's uh, the case. You need to sculpt it, and more isn't necessarily better, and I'll come back to that later um, in terms of diseases. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so absolutely you need to, to sculpt the number of neurons, the axons, the synapses. Does that happen? Do, do the cells know to do that? Or is it, so is it sort of programmed in them to make this whole brain? Or is there any influence of the outside coming in? Yeah, so we, the truth is we still don't really understand why this happens and how, what the basis is, uh, why do you need so many cells? Mm -hmm. So some people think, well, there's some sort of randomness to the, can be some randomness to the connect, connections, mm -hmm. to forming these oh, connections. And so what you need is a way to make sure that only the correct connections stay. And so you need to have more cells, mm -hmm. more, more synapses, right. so that the ones that are, that are accurate remain. And the pruning is a way to it's it's get, almost but like it's this. Not it's really like an, almost clear. like an evolution. Yeah. Like you basically create like a messy, a big mess, Within. and then you let it. You, your brain essentially auto evolves to something that works as best. The stuff that, that sticks, you want to keep yeah. right. Yeah. Right. So you know that that's one thought, but it's really not. Then we still don't really understand. Mm. Uh, but you know, maybe I'll, I'll I'll tell you in terms of the synapses. You know, most people would think, well, yeah, the more synapses. 
the better because then maybe you have better memory and things mm -hmm. like that. But that's not true. Uh, in fact, we just uh, had a study recently where we found that if we take a gene that's implicated in autism mm -hmm. and we take that out of the brain, in, in this case of a mouse brain, mm -hmm. uh, we see that there are actually more synapses. And that is associated with impaired memory. And then what's really exciting is we, we looked at a number of these genes that are you know, in a particular class of uh, genes, mm -hmm. uh, proteins, uh, we find the same thing. So when we inhibit their function, we see more synapses. So that's a clear example of having more synapses is actually not good for you. For, for you. And, you know, for, and we think this could be a general mechanism in autism. So the, oh, so this is so these are a group of genes involved in autism. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so uh, you know, this is a super interesting topic. I, what, let, just a step back. Uh, maybe not everybody knows. I don't know exactly know all the details of autism, but what yeah, maybe we can define autism yeah, or autism sure. spectrum yeah, disorder. Sure. Yeah. So autism basically, uh, these uh, kids were uh, described uh, some some time ago, uh, several decades ago, as having sort of particular kind of problems. And uh, there are you know, a few sort of cardinal features to, mm -hmm. to autism, mm -hmm. including uh, difficulties with social interaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one major uh, set of problems that these kids may have, mm -hmm. interactions with, with, with other kids, with their parents, and so on. Uh, another problem that they typically have is uh, in language development, mm -hmm. and they also have a motor uh, component, and that is uh, repetitive behavior. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a whole uh, range of, of kids with autism. They could be actually uh, what's called high-functioning mm -hmm. uh, versus low-functioning. Mm -hmm. Low-functioning mm -hmm. meaning that they often will have uh, intellectual disability. I see. Um, associated with, with autism. So it's not always overlapping. It's some, some have correct. intellectual disability, some right. do not. Right. Okay. I think often it, there is uh, an overlap with intellectual disability, but not always. I Absolutely. See. And certainly people talk about people, you know, there's people who have, are on the autistic spectrum who yeah. have elements that are high functioning. Sure. That, sure. you know, like, you know, kind of mathematical proclivities. Absolutely. Right. And, yeah. um, or computer you know, programming skills. Yeah, I mean, skills. we always, we come across I mean, in, in our fields even, we say, oh, this, this person or that person is on the spectrum. Right, they're, right, they're, right. They could be, you know, brilliant, right, right. but they may Socially have a Well, I was going to yeah. say, like, if, if the criterion for, uh, um, you know, poor social interaction is, right. you know, a, a key element for autism, yeah. you know, neurosurgery may be well represented, you know what I mean? Like, you know, exactly. so, but, uh, so it <laughs> right. really is a complex of disease. Right. So, yeah, but but, but in, in, all, in, sort of in seriousness, though, the, it's even these cardinal features are really just features that uh, there's actually a lot more to it. And, and if, you know, if you talk to the child psychiatrists and child neurologists mm -hmm. who see a lot of, I'm an adult neurologist, uh -huh. You, you see, uh, we see the kids with autism, they often talk about actually motor problems first. Oh, uh, that they have a lot of motor problems, motor coordination. Mm -hmm. So they mm -hmm. might, you know, they might be walking on, on their toes. Uh, they may be a bit clumsy. And so that's actually, uh, it's quite interesting uh, to me because I, I'm interested in a number of regions of the brain, but mm -hmm. one of the regions that I'm particularly interested in have been uh, for a while, as you know, is this hindbrain 
structure that's called the cerebellum, mm -hmm. which basically stands for little brain. Right, but, the back mm -hmm. of my head. Right, yeah. the back of the, bit, mm -hmm. the, of the head. Right, right. Uh, so, uh, but it's interesting. Uh, we still don't really know where, like, what part of the brain mm. really is involved in autism. There are various ideas about that. Uh, mm -hmm. So it may be a number of areas that are involved, the cerebral cortex, uh, which is, you know, uh, what we talked about earlier, the cerebellum is thought to be involved as well, and also some of the other uh, subcortical regions, regions that are below the cerebral cortex. So and, I think you, and I want to return to the point you said earlier, which I think is a really fascinating and fundamental thing, is that, that in, in many ways, in, in some of the things you're seeing with the genetics, is that it's an over-connectivity problem. Yes. That there's too many connections leading to, you know, some in some way poor informational processing or too I, much noise. I would, I would probably, I, I think that's a good way to think about it. I probably would uh, define it further as a disconnectivity. There may be more connections or there may be fewer connections. It's just that the balance, the, there aren't, the, the right number of connections are not there in the right numbers. Right. So it could right. be more connections, but it could also be fewer connections. So, we so, just found a particular right. set of genes that are similar. They all encode proteins that are involved in what we uh, study. Uh, Albert has been studying this too, in protein turnover. Mm -hmm. And those, uh, it turns out, it's really interesting when we inhibit those. It's quite early days, right, uh, right. but we see more synapses. And, and so I think it could, the, the real challenge with autism research right now is we don't really have a, sort of a clear path right now of what is actually happening. So we're all trying to get at this from mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. angles I and see. so it's quite it's quite a challenge but the the good news is that in the last decade uh, at the very least the last decade we've learned a lot about the genetics of autism so right. a lot of you know in a portion of autism in a pr proportion of autism cases there are mutations of genes mm -hmm. that have been mm -hmm. implicated mm -hmm. and so that's really advanced quite quite well but now the question is, what does this mean? What does it, you know, can we get a clear picture of what the underlying path pathogenic mechanisms are? What, what goes wrong? Like they're, not, not, they're not like, sculpting you know, appropriately, right? Yes. You know, yes. No, but we don't know what it is that's the sort of the causal anatomic substrate. Is there a right. common path, path, you know, right. common pathology right. in autism? We don't really know that yet. And so people are trying to get at that. Now, one possibility might be that it's really quite heterogeneous. There are all sorts of different autism. Right, so autism is really a common description. It's like a syndrome, but, I guess, as well. But that yeah. there's a number of different ways that you can get to that and, syndrome. And likely that, that's, syndrome. I think it's going to be, in my view right now, what I think is going to happen is the following. I think that it's definitely the case there are multiple different diseases mm -hmm. that are all called right now autism, but or we could call them autisms. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think, and, and they each will have a different sort of process that's taking place, which means we have to understand all of them. Mm -hmm. right. But I think there are probably also some common pathological right. mechanisms, like, which is really important to kind of keep in mind because it's important to figure out what those are as well because those might allow us then to develop you know, therapeutics, treatments that are going to work not just for one set of disorders, but multiple. More generally. In some senses, this shares a lot, just when I think about like, you know, descriptions and terms and causes, it shares a lot with, for instance, epilepsy. Absolutely. Like, so yes, for instance, yes. you know, you've got, you know, epilepsy, which is having seizures mm -hmm. on a consistent basis, 
but there's a lot of different causes that lead yeah. into those symptoms and also potentially similar mechanisms as the end pathology right. that lead to those uh, symptomatologies that hopefully oh. you can get at in yeah. treating. I think epilepsy is, is, could actually, you know, when you mentioned that, could be a really great way to start thinking about autism as well. Because with epilepsy, we don't have cures for some of them, but uh, for many of them. <laughs> but, but there are ways to treat it symptomatically. That's right. And so with autism, we don't even really have that. So it would be nice if we could come up with, you know, with epilepsy, we know that the, neuron, the nerve cells are firing right. excessively, right. abnormally. We don't really have a sense of something like that for autism that we could even for in terms of symptomatic treatment. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I, my view. So I started out in neurology, mm -hmm. uh, and the reason, and then you know, uh, this was uh, a long time ago. Maybe I don't care to tell you how long ago I was doing neurology. But at the time, I realized that really we don't have a lot of, we don't have really good treatments. We don't have treatments good treatments for many of them, and for actually many others, we had nothing, we have nothing, right? So I thought it was really important to understand how the brain is put together right, right. to try to get at that. And I'm really, it's really gratifying to see in the field, like as a whole in the discipline of, uh, you know, in the neurosciences, I feel that brain development is actually touching all of these diseases. Right. And there's a way to think about, you know, how these different neurological diseases uh, come about from a developmental perspective. Right. Right. I think that's really interesting. And including I think including epilepsy, including autism, including brain tumors. No, including brain tumors. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, one thing, you know, there's both treatment and there's prevention, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, how can you intervene early? Now, one thing I, I probably, yeah. you know, you, you should ask, we should bring up, is I think it's controversial. Oh, yeah. People worry about, like, what could quote-unquote cause autism yes right. and you know again the, the 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 elephant in the room is people talk about immunizations right, right. so right. maybe just to put it on the table because i have my <laughs> yeah. personal opinion and it can be super brief yeah, yeah. Exactly. we don't well, have to get is, into the literature exactly yeah. what is your you know uh general thought on uh, my I, I i'm really uh sort of it's I, I completely agree with you, and I think this sort of definitely gets into the popular culture. Right, right, right. And it's a real concern because, as you know, there have been celebrities who have right. been promoting the idea that there is a link between vaccination and autism. But to the best of my knowledge, of what I'm aware of in terms of the literature, and there's, you know, there's as no as link. As, as, as one of the world leaders yeah. in, there is in no this link. field. There's right? no yeah. link between that. And, and I'm really concerned about, of course, we know that vaccines are, you know, have done wonders for in terms of saving lives. Saving lives. And so I'm really worried that children are not, you know, if they're not vaccinated because of this concern that right. we're going to have. That is unfounded. That is that is unfounded, right. absolutely. And so, I would say there's no link between uh, between the two. Yeah. Right. That's no. That's good to. Yeah, to, I mean, I think, think just about, to get that yeah. out there. But you know, I was going to reduce this to somewhat more of an erudite um, <laughs> kind of conclusion that it's complete bullshit. But like, uh, you know, uh, but you know, I, I will defer to you know to you to you. Um, no, but that's important. But how about uh, stepping back just for a second? Sure. How much of it's genetic? How much of it's yes, right, not right. thought to be genetic? I, yeah, that's, it's a very good question. I think that I, the, the, there is definitely it's a fraction that's genetic. Mm -hmm. I can't give you a specific number because we're discovering 
Of course, there are some that are inherited. Right, right. That's a really small proportion. Very, very small mm -hmm, proportion. Mm -hmm. But we're discovering uh, the genetic studies. We're discovering that there are de novo new mutations, mm -hmm. and those are still those are still considered genetic. Right, right. So uh, beyond that, there could well be also polygenic causes. That'll be harder to figure out. That it's harder sure. to figure out. So I think it's a substantial fraction, but it's still a fraction. Now, and the, not just genetics, though, but also I guess theoretically and as probably worth introducing the concept of epigenetics. That's right. That, um, that you know, it's not just your how your gene, you know, whether you have a gene or not a gene, but whether a gene how is the genes modified, regulated, or, right. or activated or inhibited. Right. Right. So of course the the genes are, you know, a, you know, if you take a DNA, look at DNA like a strand right. of, and these are the genes are parts of the DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, but the DNA and the proteins that are that basically occupy these regions are, uh, you know, are are modified. They're changed, mm -hmm. and those changes are epigenetic, called epigenetic. And the reason they're epigenetic because they can actually also be transmitted from uh, the mother to the fetus. Mm -hmm. And so those are epigenetic changes. And so yes, the people are interested. For example, this is not about vaccination, yeah. but they are interested in terms of the maternal-fetal interactions. And so there is interest in the field mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, uh, uh, changes that, take, that may take place in, in, the mother's, um, in the mother and how they may be transmitted to the fetus that could lead to autism. I think this is a really, I think the epigenetics is really, it's, it's, so it's, you know, how, how environment and how <clears throat> Absolutely. Your, your physiology can affect your genome and kind of what genes you turn on and off. And that kind of affects transmission of information. Yeah, no, that's So it's right. kind of different from Darwinian uh, uh, genetics, right? Uh, yeah, yeah you, a, could, you could say it that. Is, yeah. you know. and, and just to just to drive it home, just to, to make it a little clearer. Yeah, so yeah, we're, I, we're, I mean, we're talking, epigenetics is a really huge phenomenon. I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking about every cell in our body has the same DNA, and yet we have skin cells, brain cells, different types of brain cells. Right. So that that's yeah. encapsulated in epigenetics. So it's a huge right. phenomenon for sure. Um, but now we're drilling down on the ability of things like experience or maybe the mom's contribution right. to affect the kid having autism or not. Right. Maybe and, that, and, and, and it's relevant also even beyond that. In the kid, you know, the kinds of experiences they may have, the mm -hmm. kinds of environment. Is, right. Absolutely, it's not all about Darwin, right? So right, right, right. In, yeah. in terms of uh, the, 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 uh, what the environment uh, it plays an important role in the development of the child. And one thing that we, coming back to the development, a lot, you know, a long time ago, people were thinking that, okay, the, the, the kid is born, mm -hmm. you know, development is largely done. Right. Maybe the first year they're right. getting myelination, of, and that's why they're becoming coordinated. At first, right. you know, baby's not very coordinated, right. as you know. Uh, but, you know, after a year, they're walking, and that is... Probably that's the end of development, but it turns out now that actually development continues hmm. in the brain. There's a lot that goes on. In Into your mid-20s, isn't that right? Even beyond that. Oh, that's up interesting. Up to uh, like around age 40. So uh, maybe you guys are still there, but I'm beyond that. <laughs> I think we've just <laughs> developed the other yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, the other yeah, side yeah. So, uh, so, so actually what happens in terms of epigenetics, mm -hmm. the experiences that ch children have, uh, could potentially have an impact on, you know, their adult, uh, their adulthood even. So I think it's really important to consider that, and that you do need to provide, 
you know, the right environment as a society. Right. You know? Wait, so, so yeah, no, no, this is, this is really I, profound. I, I, that's yeah, how yeah. I think about no, it. No, no. So are there, is there anything? Okay, short of not locking a kid in an attic forever. <laughs> right, right, okay. Right, are, there, right. are there things? And giving him cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. Are there are there positive things, you know, that one could intuit from? Mm-hmm. I know this is super controversial. There's some people say that there's no sort of reproducible parenting mechanism that leads right. to a predictable outcome. I get that, but. Are there some principles to consider given or, what we know about development? Or let's boil it down to something personal, yeah. like given everything you know, like you know, like you know what you know what have uh, what kind of how has that influenced your parenting, or like yeah. what things well, do you emphasize? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I want to be a little more nuanced about it. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I think of it in the following ways. I think that the brain is quite resilient, uh, you know, of a normal child mm-hmm. you know it's quite resilient but at the same time I think environment is really critical mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I don't know I, I think one particular example might be if, if a kid learns uh, two languages for example oh, yeah, this is good. the yeah. likelihood is that it will be easier for them to learn a third language mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think that there's something about you know from an epigenetic standpoint, I feel, I mean, I have no, no evidence for this, but I feel that the epigenetics probably right. works there so that it keeps some of those genes open to, to more signals to, to activate uh, that otherwise may not it be keeps so the tools happy. available it keeps the tools available right. sort of and rather than closing them down and saying right. okay you don't need these genes we're done and we're done I see. you're done you know that basically and this comes to the idea of you know that we don't really use most you know a lot of our brain is probably right. not used there's lots of potential mm-hmm. and so um, I think that it would be nice if this could continue, mm-hmm. and and I have an experiment that I'm actually doing right oh. now. I don't know if I'll be able to do it. Is but, that right? It, but I on see. myself. But I see. I see. <laughs> but you mean about critical periods? Yes. Plus, yes. So, because, but, uh, but the so the idea of critical periods being it's only during a certain time you can learn a certain. Well, there's yes, the, task, there's the, right? because I think it might even impact uh, neurodegeneration later as well. You well, know, we, you could basically return, bring keep, the tools I back. I want to keep the tools open, right, right. in I my see. brain. So that you know, there's at least from an experiential, mm-hmm. from an experimental, uh, ex- uh, experiential mm-hmm. point of view, like in terms of the environment, that I minimize the uh, the basically the the odds of, of degenerate of having brain degeneration. Basically, it, it comes to the idea of use it or lose it, right? Right. right. right so right. the more that you use your brain, the mm-hmm. better it is. And this we know, like you know, for for people who are. In later in, in later in life, um, you know the one. If you're not really active, mm-hmm. actually even physically, but also yeah. mentally, if you're not active, you're more likely to to succumb to the problems of dementia and right. age-associated brain degeneration. Yeah, so, for sure. yeah. so I think that uh, unfortunately for us, we still don't really understand how these critical periods work. That's why, for example, a kid who's learning. Who learns languages mm-hmm. before uh, puberty mm-hmm. typically will learn them well without even an accent. But uh-huh. later, if right. you learn new things, it's really hard. But I mean, it becomes really hard to learn anyway a new right, language. Right. But but uh, now, do you have you ever heard of this uh, the the Valproate experience and uh, perfect pitch? It's Takao Hench's uh, oh, work. Okay, yes, yes. So basically, yeah, yeah. So again, apparently, there's a developmental period where you can yes. learn perfect pitch, mm-hmm. and once you get past that period, people can't learn perfect pitch. So what mm-hmm. they did is they gave just uh, they did an experiment with random adults, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, young and, adults. Young, young, young adults, yeah. But, but like 20s. Yeah, young and, adults. And, right. um, and they gave them Valproate. Mm-hmm. And those people were able to learn perfect pitch in two weeks. Or at and least more than they, that would have. Than, than well, no, they, 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 yeah. they, they can't. You know, like yeah. people otherwise can't. Right. And so uh, that was. No, one, you're right, you're right, you're right. That was yeah. one drug. And what I think is interesting in how this plays to kind of connectivity and plasticity right. and. Valproate is an epilepsy drug. Right. And, um, but it has effects on epigenetics. That's exactly it's right. A, you it's know? a acetylase inhibitor. That's so basically, it uh, leads to modifications of the epigenome that allow for the genes to become more active. Right. That's right. That's so, right. So, I mean, so that's, that's conceivable. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine that that particular drug mm-hmm. in itself would be able to do that but mm-hmm. I, I guess it needs to be further validated but yeah, yeah right no it's certainly intriguing because I mean perfect it's pitch intriguing. is supposed to stop age five seven something yeah. like that yeah. Yeah. and so it is certainly intriguing to think about and, you know um, I, th- I do think that the, the, the brain is more plastic than we give it credit for and that they, there's ways to trick it into uh, being again with our experience with brain computer interfaces people said you couldn't recover function in stroke, you know, six months after the stroke, and we have you know patients right. several years out using a brain computer interface that then allows them to recover their hand function, and so you can do tricks. I think to uh, essentially allow. Re-learning. I think another way, in terms of you know, you were talking about parenting, and and one of the I, I don't know where you're 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 I know yeah eleven year old better yeah I met her in the lab so. Uh, Basically, but as your kids come to teen years, mm-hmm. uh, from personal experience, what I can say is that actually there's a lot that's going on mm-hmm. in the teenage brain. And you just have to be, as a parent, I feel you have to be patient because there's a period of turbulence, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it's not just because there's a, you know, there's a lot going on in their environment because mm-hmm. they're coming across, you know, meeting other young adults and, and teenagers and but they might you know there there's there are actually changes that are taking place in the teenage brain Absolutely and so and and it's of course there are also the effects of hormones mm-hmm. which have definitely major effects on brain development right, right, right. so what you have to remember as a parent is that you have to continue to be consistent it's which is hard to, to do <laughs> yeah. I can assure you mm-hmm. but you have to be consistent in providing a positive environment and then hope, and I think likely what happens is as they uh, reach their early 20s or, you know, they, they really change. And uh, so it's really a positive thing. And, and you just hope that you come out the other end. You know? yeah. so in some no, senses, no, no, you, know, what it, you know, again, it makes so me that's think. that's important to remember. That's a really good point because I think, I think there is an emerging neuroscience of the teenage brain. Yes. And it makes me think of actually going back, you know, in, even with early development, you, like I feel like they're they're developing this chaos of you know of behavioral and cognitive state, and then right. they have to resculpt to the person that they're going to be for their adult years. Yeah, and that requires a lot of exploration. Right. You know, kind of like going in different directions, opposition. That um, and if you can provide the right framework, that eventually they sculpt to the right, right. direction. Right, right. You know? No, I think that's good. I'm going to remember this next time I yeah, right, get a little right. mad at my kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 that'll right. help me.